What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Kilo Loco. This is Iman Harut. And welcome to the Code Passionately podcast, where we talk about everything that's important to mobile developers. So we got another awesome topic this week, and Iman is super excited to present it. What are we talking about this week, Iman? Yes. Uh, so today, this is probably the topic I've been most excited about to talk. Um, if you couldn't tell from me bombarding your Discord at like 7 a.m. this morning. Um, today, we're going to be talking about all these like tips and like wisdom from other developers about things you could apply while you're learning. Uh, we kind of tentatively named this learning efficiently, but yeah, these uh, this advice and this guidances are gonna provide you more and more value over time. So if you start doing this early on, it'll keep uh, giving you dividends over time. So yeah and none of these are rules obviously like i don't want people to think like we're saying this is exactly how you have to do things take whatever works for you leave whatever doesn't but yeah so let's just jump right into the first one so the very first piece of advice we have for developers who are learning programming is to start with a goal or an end in mind so a lot of times when we're developing we kind of like we don't have like a direction. We're kind of just like learning whatever tutorials pop up on our feed. And that's a really inefficient way to learn things, right? What you want to do is figure out your end goal. So you everything you do kind of pushes you closer to that goal, right? You know, so if you want a job as an iOS or Android developer, figure out what those things are you need. Like you need to learn UI kit, you need to learn Swift UI and focus on that. Uh, do you have any any like thoughts or any additional advice you want to put on this, Kilo? Yeah, and like the the most important thing about you know picking one thing to focus on uh, or like or starting with the end goal in mind is the fact that it does give you one thing to kind of focus on. And a lot of people, what they will do is they'll kind of feel like they need to learn this and that and this and that and and these topics not aren't always related to each other so what makes a lot more sense a lot of the time is to focus on hey i want to learn this one specific thing so i can do, achieve this one specific goal and that's going to actually help get you there much faster it'll also cut out like all the unnecessary information because you can just go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole learn all kinds of information about any any given topic in programming really and um you know it may not even be relevant to the information uh that you need in order to achieve the goal now is it a benefit to actually you know going down some of those rabbit holes absolutely it's totally beneficial to go down some of those rabbit holes sometimes but especially when you're first starting out what you want to do is you want to try to have more of a laser focus make sure that you're you're going after the the thing that you came here to like actually do Yes, exactly. I think that's the key right there is it's not bad to veer off, especially if something interests you, like go off and learn it. You know, part of programming is you get to do cool things that might have nothing to do with the job you want to do. But overall, you know, you should have a sense of like where you want to go and what steps you need to take to achieve that. 
And and I'll also second- I'll also say that yeah. I'll, before before we move on, I'll say that like you know this is something that you're going to run up against as a self-taught programmer if you do choose to go down that path to learn. Um, you're going to go down a couple of rabbit holes, and it's actually great because then you build like this depth of knowledge about something that you're working on. Um, but it, it may not be relevant right then and there. Um, but it may be relevant in the future. So um, there are kind of like pros and cons to to like going down these rabbit holes when you're choosing to build something. But always remember the focus is to get the job done. Even when you get hired, the, the focus is to actually get this thing working as expected. Yeah. So ask yourself what you want, what, what the end goal looks like. And, you know, that way you have a target, you have direction. You're not an archer without like a, a, a target to aim at. Another thing that kind of relates to this as well is to um, don't, don't think just because you're practicing and constantly studying that that means you're doing all the right things. I think, what, what was that saying? It's better to learn the right things than to learn. Oh, man, I don't even remember. Basically, you're just making up the... sayings over here. He's quoting his own advice and he's just going <laughs> to... Don't, don't learning for learning's sake isn't necessarily a good thing because there, there's an infinite amount of stuff you could learn out there and believe me i've had those nights where i'm up at like 3 4 a.m learning random like av foundation this this that like stuff that had nothing to do with anything but i i just thought i needed to learn it just because i'm an, i'm gonna be an ios developer so and all he really you, needed to do was just put a button on the screen that's all he had to do i don't know what i, I don't know just just <laughs> Basic UI kit. I don't know. That, that's why I should have had a goal in mind. But yeah, <laughs> practice. So don't just practice for practice sake. Like actually have a use case for what you're doing. And uh, I, I, that's pretty, that pretty much sums it up for me on this one. Do you have anything else you want to add, Kila? Uh, no, I think, yeah, I, I, I would like to say like pretty much just re- reiterate what you said where it's like, you know, make sure that you're doing things with intention you're not just consuming random information so for an example i do youtube videos i put out a wide variety of topics i want people to watch my videos but if you were to just continuously watch the same person's videos a lot of the stuff that they're going to be teaching right is not going to be relevant to your specific situation so why would you go out and spend your time watching all this content where it's not even relevant to your situation. So what you want to do is you want to be like very intentful with your time and with what you're learning and make sure that you're not just consuming information just for the sake of it. Like, just like Iman said. Yeah. You need a filter and you need to know, I need to hit ABC. And if, if you def- do that early on, if you define those uh, goals that you need to hit, you'll learn programming so much faster. You're not just being pulled in every direction. Another thing is to, oh, and this one I'm, I'm actually pretty uh, bad at, but it's use what you learn constantly. Uh, so if you're, if you're picking up like AV Foundation or any other framework, you, you don't want to get stuck in what we call tutorial hell, which is where you're just constantly learning, 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 and you're never applying what you're learning. And the importance of applying what you're learning is that it really helps it. You internalize the material and for you to 
truly understand the material. It's just one thing to know it on the surface, but when you practice it, it sticks into your brain a lot better. Yeah, so two things on that, right? First, let's let's say that I put out, um, let's say I put out um, a, a online course, a Udemy course, right? I put out a Udemy course, I price it for 200 bucks, you get it for 10 bucks, and then you start watching my, <laughs> and then you start watching my course, right? So then what happens is you watch my course, but you actually never took the time to, to type out the things that I was typing. I said that you're gonna learn X, Y, and Z. You, you feel like you're gonna learn X, Y, and Z just by watching the course, right? And yes, you'll learn some of the theory about X, Y, and Z, and you'll kind of have an idea of how some of these things Things might uh, fit together but one week from from the time that you watch it you're probably gonna forget most of it and on top of that you won't actually be ready to implement that thing right so you do need to actually implement these things if you are going to spend time watching or reading an article or a tutorial and it's it's taking you step by step on how to actually implement something Take the time to implement that thing because just watching it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. You're not going to learn it faster if, if you just watch it. Now, if you need to watch it through one time and then go back, then by all means, however you want to do it. But you actually need to practice and do this thing. The other thing that I was going to say is that um, you you don't want to... Um, uh, go through this tutorial hell where you're learning content that isn't relevant to you. So once again... Make sure that you're very uh, specific with what you, ch how you choose to spend your time when you're learning. There, there was, I remember early on when I was learning iOS development, um, there's the delegate pattern, right? It's, it's kind of like one of the first things a lot of people get tripped up on. And I remember I just wrote down the steps. You need to create a protocol. You need to have a delegate property. You need to assign the delegate. And then like, I would just, I opened up a new project. I would just, you know, practice that a few times and eventually it became like you know muscle memory i didn't need to look at that list anymore because i internalized it and that's kind of what we're telling people to do like make a project and just start coding what you learned like if you're learning how to set up a, a specific kind of ui or using auto layout or doing a thing in swift ui just do it separately outside of that tutorial and yeah, also another uh, thing right before we we move that topic is that you can like once you once you go through and you implement a pattern save it to a github repo right because then this helps you with like your portfolio it makes you kind of seem like if somebody's looking at your activity in terms of github you know commits for whatever reason i don't think it's a relevant way to measure uh, a developer but if they are doing that right then you have some github activity and then on top of that you have a searchable base of code where you're able to look back and say oh how did i do that thing how did i implement the delegate pattern you open up your project and then you can see oh yeah i did it this way and then on top of that what you can do is you can be like oh you know what i didn't like the way that this specific thing worked out i'm gonna make a, a minor adjustment here and that's what really takes you to the next level of programming yeah, that's that's actually a huge uh, tip, and this is that's exactly one of those tips. Uh, specifically, like start, starting to store code snippets, right? Every time you learn something, you don't want to have to relearn it again in the future or have to load all that stuff into your brain. It's better if you distill it, take notes on it, write a code sample, and then store it away. And then you're gonna use that hundreds of times going into the future. 
And, you know, it's been one of the most helpful things in my, uh, in my practice as a developer. And that uh, actually takes us to our next topic, you know, that, that's a, that's a perfect segue for our next topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the next top, the next tip is to basically uh, focus on referencing things instead of recalling things. Another way of saying this is don't memorize every single thing out there, but just remember where it is and that and you could look it up when you need it again so uh, i i fell into this uh trap myself i feel like most developers uh kind of fall into these same pitfalls because i hear it from everyone you you start learning and you think you need to remember every single function and every single api and object out there and that's really not the case there are some core things you want to have more ingrained in you but a lot of things you're going to just want to remember, if I ever need to do this thing, I just need to look into this framework or I need to look into this object. And just having that reference in your head is a lot of, a lot lighter on your brain. And that's really all you need. And even senior developers will tell you they don't memorize everything. They use Google every single day to do even some of the more simple tasks that people would be surprised by. Yep, absolutely. So let me let me talk to you a little bit about like who I am as a developer, right? So like I said, I have a YouTube channel and I'll, I'll teach different topics that I don't necessarily know too well. And I use that video as an opportunity to learn that topic, right? And what will happen is I'll put out this video and then, you know, weeks or months or years later, um, I'll need to re-implement that thing. And then I completely forget how to do it. So I actually end up going back to watch my own content and you can do the, the very same thing. You don't need to be a YouTuber or a or an article writer or anything like that. That's what GitHub is for or any type of searchable, uh, you know, repo that you can, um, you know, set up as long as you have access to your old code and you know where to find it, that's the most important thing. So what you want to do is you want to know how to make the connections and know that the, the correct ways to search for the technology and what were, what are the important like uh, vocabulary words, I guess um, would be one way to say it. It's like, what is an important search term for me to enter into Google so I can find the information that I'm looking for? And this is very helpful, especially when you're drawing on, um, you know, topics that are essentially outside of your um, outside of your like your your current scope of like work right so what i mean by that is if you are doing something new for the first time and you know how it's implemented on one platform let's say you're an ios developer and you needed to do something similar on android for whatever reason um then what you can do is you could use your your vocabulary that you know for ios and you can type it into google and then you can find a similar uh a similar fix for Android, if that makes any sense. So it all comes down to your ability to actually find the information. Nobody's expecting you to memorize this information. Well, unless you go to an interview, in which case, you know, traverse this binary tree. So Thank God. <laughs> I, I, I hate that. I, I hate those interviews. Uh, anyway, um, th th there is some science behind this, and um, I, I want to lightly touch on this. You Have you heard of mind palaces? I have not. What's that? Okay, so, so back in like ancient Rome slash Greece, uh, people would memorize like tens and thousands of pages or scrolls of information, 
And, you know, today we're looking back at them and trying to figure out, like, how are they able to memorize so many things? And even today, you have people who, like, memorize pi to, to like, the 10,000th digit, right? And what they do is they create, like, a, a physical palace in their mind. And they'll have, like, a front door. They'll come in and they'll see something there that they want to remember. And, and the stranger and more memorable it is, the easier and then they go to the bedroom and they see this there and they go to the kitchen and they, they kind of place things that they want to memorize into this fictitious home. And uh, by doing that, that makes them be able to memorize hundreds and thousands of things. Why am I bringing that up here? Because when you're, when you're trying to memorize things, your mind isn't really good at that, but your mind is good at remembering things once it sees it somewhere. And uh, so, for example, if I wanted to just from memory without any help, like remember how to code this thing, my brain's not good at that. It's, it's just not going to happen. Right. But if I want to look in a specific place, like in this Xcode project, in this specific feature, in this specific file, I'll remember that for some reason. Like our brain is very good at remembering where things are. And when you look at where those things are, it's also good at quickly remembering everything about it once you see it. So all this is to say, use that to your advantage. Don't try to memorize everything in here. Put it somewhere out there in the world for you to go and recognize it later. Your brain is way better at recognizing things instead of recalling it from scratch on your own. That is... That is uh, the mind palace. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so th th that's like, you haven't seen Sherlock. And now I know you haven't seen Sherlock because you didn't know what a mind palace was. You need to go watch that show. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out I'm, for sure. I'm, I'm disappointed in you. Um, <laughs> the, the next one is understand the code and don't understand the code. I kind of I put this both because in different contexts, a different approach is correct. And you she can, uh, by the way, confuse you a little bit. So there's, there's yeah, that too. That, that, <laughs> that, that's kind of what, that's what this whole show has been about from the beginning. And uh, that, that's been my mischievous plan. Um, understanding the code. When would you say Kilo? Because, okay, let me, let me give some context first. When, you're, when people learn, sometimes they dig deeper in a code. Like, for example, they see uh, an object from Apple's library, right? And they might wonder, like, oh, how does it do this thing? And they might command click into it and go look at the source code and try to dig deeper and figure out, like, how they implemented this, right? Um, so there's a good time to do that, and there's a bad time to do that. And at least that's what I believe, and I, I think... I think this is correct because I do think both approaches are valid. When do you think is it's a good time to uh, dig in deeper and when do you think it's not a good time? Well, it really, well, here, here we go with the senior developer answer. It really depends, right? And um, it depends on which sit, what situation you're currently in and what the end goal is. Remember, it's all about the end goal and what we're trying to accomplish. So if you are actually interested, like let's say, let's say you have an assignment and no, let's say that you're applying for a job and the, the take home, the take home project is essentially uh, make a networking request to this API. They give you the API and then render the data to the screen. 
simple it's enough. It's not a binary uh, search anymore all of a sudden. Okay. Oh, no. They're actually asking you to do something that's relevant for the job this time. So, yeah. uh, so what ends up happening is, okay, you want to you wanna impress them. Sure. Um, but the, the main thing is that you need to get the job done. So what you could do is you could, um, and let's say that you have to do some, something complex. It has to be like a multi-part form request to this API, right? So what you could do is you can learn how to do all this stuff using URL session and you can, um, you know, figure out how to actually format the body and, and the headers and all this other stuff. Or what you could do is you could use um, a third party framework that's available for free, like Alamo Fire, which is what is used by iOS developers on the Swift, uh, you, with Swift, um, the programming language to do networking requests. So you could just import that package into your project and you can, you know, write three lines of code and it does it and then you can move on to doing something more important. So if you are in the situation to where you're trying to get the job done, because that's more important than trying to impress them with building your whole entire own little networking service, which could definitely have problems, then what you want to do is you want to just, you know, use what is already provided to you for free. Use whatever whatever tools you have at your disposal, because that's going to be way more efficient for most companies. Um, like like 99% of the time, do the thing that's fast, not do the thing that's necessarily correct is unfortunately the, the use case that you see in a lot of businesses. Um, now, if you have some downtime and you're looking to actually find out how networking works and that's just something that you want to learn, or if you're tasked with making um, something that is uh, like, let's say you're you're part of the infrastructure team and you want to make something that's um, easier to use and you have to do some type of advanced networking uh, for your team, right? Then yes, it makes more sense for you to figure out, hey, how does Alamo Fire do this? How can I do this in URL session, which is the first party um, you know, framework that allows me to do some networking and how can I optimize this or do I need to go out and build something and use something that's lower under the hood or something like that. That's when you go a little bit deeper. So hopefully that scenario kind of, uh, breaks down when you should choose one or the other, whether you should just use what's provided and just be like, okay, this thing is battle tested. It's used by thousands of developers. I don't need to look into it really, or do I need to go out and build my own special thing? And I actually need the full understanding of how the inner workings work in order for me to actually build something new from it. We're eye to eye on this. Um, you, you gave like a, a really professional outlook on it, which is good. Um, I would just say like, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're working, if you already have a job, right? One of the talents as an iOS developer is to know when to build your own thing and when to import a dependency. And, you know, it's, it's a trade-off. Like, do you have the time to build it? Is it worth building it? Is the library well-maintained? There are all these different factors that go into it. But yeah, uh, sometimes it, it's the right answer to just rely on someone else's code, especially if you're constrained for time. Uh, and uh, you touched on that. So if you're in an interview, just, you know, just rely on the code and don't worry about how it works. It makes things so much easier and quicker. Other times, you're going to want to uh, d dive deep and learn more about how they did that. And I think that's healthy because, one, as developers, I think we have, like, curious minds. 
and we want to understand how someone engineered this thing. And when you dig deeper, you learn new tricks and you learn new uh, swift features that possibly you didn't know existed before. And you start adding these tools into your arsenal. Without that, you're kind of limited to your own narrow way of doing things, right? And then you all of a sudden see new tools and new ways. So I think that that's when I think it's good to dig deeper into the code to kind of expand a little and learn, learn different ways of doing things. But you also what you also need to do is you need to keep in mind which platform you're on, right, um, as a mobile developer, because different platforms approach problems very differently. So for iOS, it's very common for iOS developers to actually build out their own thing. And the reason for that is because um, Apple provides such great APIs that it's it's actually really easy to um, reproduce a lot of these really popular um, libraries that are used, a, a lot of the popular third-party libraries, because most of the time you don't need all the features of that third-party library, and that one can do like a whole lot of different things when you really only need this specific use case. So keep that in mind. Now, for Android and for Flutter and React Native, if you're going down any of these routes, keep in mind that it is very common for you to pull in all kinds of different packages and third-party uh, resources in order to get something to work. So you also need, so you always want to keep in mind which platform you're on, and make sure that you're you're doing essentially what's what's kind of the norm in that uh, in that community. Um, because if you try to go uh, against the grain in one of those communities, it's going to be a little bit harder for you. Here's a, a, con a, a perspective or a context to think of this from. What if you're going through an online course and they have like a project and that project already has some of their own code in it, right? That's a great uh, opportunity. If you're curious and you want to see how these professionals did it, just go into their code and see like how they did things, right? So the, the, even like apart from like everything you said about Cocoa pods and third-party dependencies, absolutely correct. In general, I think we would encourage people to lean on their own native stuff and build stuff from scratch. Um, but there, it is the correct answer to sometimes just import a library. But when you're learning from someone else's project and they have all this uh, helper code already built in and you want to know how they did that, that's a, that's a cool chance to just dive into that. And, um, and everything else you said about when not to do it, also true. One, one aspect I'll just add to all this is that one of the fundamental parts of object-oriented programming is to be able to trust that an object will know how to do what it's responsible to do. And part of that trust is to not look into every little thing and understand the implementation of every little thing because eventually you get to a lower and lower level and it doesn't really benefit you to know like on the lowest layer how things are implemented. You kind of need to eventually trust that whoever made this framework knows what they're doing and as long as it behaves the way you expect it to when you code in it, you're fine. You don't, you don't need to understand every little thing, you know, so there's that as well. And that's the that's the situation that a lot of people will actually find themselves in. And that's because when you're brought onto a team, when you're brought into any existing code base, the idea is not let's go ahead and rewrite this code base. The idea is build on top of the code base. So 
um, you really have to be able to trust uh, what already exists and continue to follow that pattern. So that's just another little 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 tidbit that you need to keep in mind. Yeah, I often find that I, I default to trusting more lately. And if, if something goes wrong or it's not working the way I expect it to, then I look at the implementation. But, it, but before that, a lot of times it's not necessary. So that, that was some of the tips that me and Kyle uh, put together. We did, deliberately didn't do like a deep dive heavy research into this episode because we wanted to kind of gather community feedback on this, especially since this is something that draws on people's experience more. And we, we collected several tweets and we want to kind of share it with you guys and gals and see, uh, you know, what y'all think about it. So, yeah, so I'll start good. I'll start by reading yeah. out like the actual tweet that I posted out. What was it like a week ago? So um, the tweet that I put out, it says uh, me and E-Man are going to do a podcast episode on learning efficiently. Help us by sharing your thoughts. What are some tips you'd give to beginner learning, uh, learning to beginners learning to code? I don't even know how to read my own words. <laughs> and what are some common mistakes they should avoid? So, yeah, um, we have we had a couple of great uh, recommendations and uh, Iman, you want to kick us off with Rick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll start by saying these are really hard to pick because we got so many good responses. But yeah, this this is some of our favorite ones. So Rick said he, he gave three pair program every chance you get. That's one, two hands-on keyboard and build. There's no way around it to get better at programming. You have to program. Three, think about what you're doing. Don't just copy and paste code. To yourself, explain why you're doing it. So th this, this resonated with me because I feel like a lot of times it's easy to just, you know, write the code and move on, but really go line by line and really think about like how each step contributes to the overall problem you're trying to solve. That gives you a much deeper understanding of what you're doing. And, uh, and also, uh, understanding your code is much greater than just copy and pasting code, especially if you, if you have a job, right? Like you can't just copy and paste code off Stack Overflow, drop it in and expect it works. You, you need to validate that to make sure it's exactly what you want. But when you're learning, you just want to understand it. You're, it's not a liability thing. You just want to know what the hell is going on. So I, I really liked Rick's response here. Yeah, um, like I, I actually want to look at each one of these real quick individually because I like everything that he pointed out. So uh, pair, pro, pair programming every chance you get, right? Uh, the benefit there is that you're with somebody that is going to be looking over your shoulder. Or you guys are going to be working on a problem together. You're going to see how a different developer would handle the problem. And, um, you know, you could discuss and talk about some of the things that may come up if you implement it a certain way as opposed to another way. Um, Really great piece of advice. Hands on the keyboard. We already kind of touched on this, but uh, like I said, if you're just consuming, but you're not actually doing, it's just not going to stick. It doesn't count for anything for the most part. And then um, copying, copying and pasting code that you actually understand. Um, I agree with this for the most part, but you don't necessarily always need to understand every single line. Um, there have been times where I copy and pasted code that it was just like a math formula and I just pasted it. And as long as it gave me the correct output, then I was fine with that. I didn't need to understand all the, all the, um, the math 
like the logic to the math that was going on behind it. There, there have been times where it's not even math related, where I used some stuff that I didn't fully understand, but it seemed like this was like the most upvoted approach. So I kind of, um, you know, I took the upvotes as um, kind of like uh, a way to uh, verify that this was going to be like probably the right thing that I wanted. So yes, you should understand what you're working with, but you don't necessarily need to understand every single line especially if you're in a time crunch. Awesome. You do you go ahead and take away the next one then. Yep. Okay. So Heferotron says, what's up, Chris says immersion is quite important or it was for me. Listen to podcasts, read blogs, watch YouTube content, engage in the community. However, it is also key to take breaks, take downtime away from programming, enjoy your other hobbies. Looking forward to hearing the episode. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. I think the key the key thing here is to immerse yourself. Make sure that you're surrounded by as much um, programming content, especially when you're getting started. Like let let your let your um, you know let your passion and, and your your eagerness to learn just like be fulfilled by taking in as much as you can, but also allow some time uh, away from it so that you don't get burnt out. Yeah, I like the balance Chris put where it's like, it's not just work, work, work. There's also that downtime. It, it helps avoid that burnout, which we're all familiar with. And I like that he kind of uh, named different types of resources you can go into. When I was learning, I had like a list of blogs, YouTube channels, and like uh, online video courses, websites that I would always go to. And, you know, it, it was always a constant stream of information constantly coming at me. And that really helped, uh, that immersion really helped me integrate all of this iOS development stuff uh, into my brain. So the next one, uh, this one, we need to ask uh, him, him like how to pronounce his name. Uh, but I think it's Iro. I think it's Iro. It's two eyes. Yeah, that's right. It's Iro. So... Iroh said, consistency, keep writing and focus on learning one field and one language. So if there was like one piece of advice I could give anyone, it's, it's persistency or persistence or consistency. You're going to have you're, people who just wear down or stop after the nth failure don't make it in anywhere in life, really. So the one thing that I think separates successful people from unsuccessful people is just this, like you need to keep getting up and keep trying. I remember uh, there was a uh, founder, it was, it was a movie about like the founder of McDonald's and early on in the movie, you hear him listening to this tape about like, he's a salesperson. He was like, uh, he, he hadn't made it yet and he was trying to go door to door selling something and the tape was like supposed to be motivational and it would say stuff like, oh, wh what makes a su successful person? Is it talent? No, there are a ton of pe talented people who are failures. That's practically like a, a stereotype at this point. Is it like genius? He's like, no, there aren't a lot of geniuses out there, but there are a lot of successful people who aren't geniuses. And the one thing he lands on is just the persistence. If you keep grinding at one thing and you trust that process, eventually opportunities are going to come to you and you're going to be ready for it and you're going to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. So this resonated with me very deeply. 
the latter half of what he said where he's just like focus on one thing and one language that's also a big tip you you don't want to spread yourself too thin don't learn like kotlin javascript and swift all at the same time you're not you're gonna learn none of them <laughs> if you try to do that so so ne- narrow your focus and definitely focus on one path that's actually one of the benefits about being a mobile developer is that unlike web development where you have to learn three different languages right html css and javascript with with mobile development usually you could just get away with just learning one language so really nice thing um moving on to i hope i say your name right nahel um uh they said don't spend so much time looking for the perfect course or book just pick something and start learning uh invest some time learning the fundamentals and actually understand how things work don't focus on the amount of content you finish. Focus on whether you actually learned something. So it, kind of going back to one of the points that we had mentioned earlier, um, you know, make sure that you're learning, you're, you're learning with intent. Right. And then also make sure that you're practicing that thing that you that you learn. You're not just consuming. Yeah, I really like this comment as well. So Michaela Carone, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Do not try to learn everything all at once. You'll easily get overwhelmed and won't retain anything. Be consistent. Don't compare your journey to others. For some, it's easy. It's not for others. Don't be worried if you're not learning fast enough, quote unquote. So the big takeaway I got from Michaela here is that a lot of times we look at others who've made it and we, we sometimes feel discouraged, like, how are they able to do that so effortlessly? And what we don't realize is that person started off sucking just as bad as you did. So, so like, don't, <laughs> there, were, there were like thousands and thousands of hours they spent training and studying and practicing that you're not seeing. You're only seeing like the end result of all that. So don't compare yourself to others in a negative way, at least. Just compare yourself to yourself and, you know, just look at where you are today versus a month ago and you'll see improvement there. And if you see improvement there, you're doing the right things. Yeah, this this kind of takes us back. Oh, also, what's up, Michaela? She's awesome. Always look for the unicorn. Um, So this takes us back to like one of our previous points, because um, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're always having an end goal in mind um and and that's where a lot of people can get overwhelmed as if they don't have an end goal in mind now you can have an end goal in mind but still feel overwhelmed and then that's when you really need to break it down task by task break it down break the problem down into smaller chunks and then figure out what what step you need to go through and this will help um you know dissipate some of that like overwhelmed feeling because what you want to do is you want to just focus on building one little thing that may turn into, you know, something that's a little bit bigger. And then you put, you know, two other things together and then it becomes bigger and bigger. And then you finally accomplish the goal. So this will really help with that, that overwhelmed feeling. By the way, before we go on to the next one, that's, that's actually one of the most helpful tips I got early on in programming, breaking things down, not even just like in terms of your learning path, but in terms of like, if you're trying to implement a feature, one of the most helpful things is just to break down that feature into smaller problems and then focus on the first problem and then the second problem and just solve it that way. When you do that, what what's this complex, overwhelming thing becomes so manageable. Absolutely. You, you got to take away the, that last one right there. 
All right. So we had um, a tweet from Dustin. Dustin said, don't be afraid to quit a bad communicator. Uh, there's a wealth of instruct instructors out there. If you're not getting it, move on to a different author course or website, figure out how you learn and seek engagement that speaks to you. So this is a really great um, point because everybody learns differently. And I'll take myself, for example, I learn primarily through video. I'm a very auditory and visual learner, but some people are really great at, at consuming information through reading blogs, articles, and, um, and books and stuff like that. I can't learn that way. So, um, especially if you're working with somebody else and they're saying, Hey, like, um, you know, read this book or read that book or read this article and you, you know, learn visually kind of like how I do, then maybe you need to learn through, um, maybe you need to learn through video or vice versa. Maybe you're trying to consume through video, but that's just not working for you. Maybe you need to read a book. And then, uh, just like Dustin said, keep in mind that different people explain things different ways. And you may, um, you may vibe with this other instructor more than some other person, right? Like you may understand the way that they explain it a little bit more, not necessarily, not necessarily saying that they explain it better, but it works more with your mental model with how you consume information. And the other way that you were trying before, um, may just not like vibe with the way that you learn or intake information. So never be afraid to try to learn from somebody different. Yeah, a lot of people have this aversity to quitting things because I think we, when we commit to reading a book or finishing an online video course, we kind of put put it on ourselves to finish the whole thing. And I had to teach myself this. I would I would be like, oh no, I I have to go through this, and I would push myself and be miserable the whole time. And I've developed uh, the ability to just quit. And quitting is not always bad. For all the reasons you just said, it's better to fail early or quit early so you could save time and go on to something else that does work with you. So, yeah, 100% good advice from Dustin right there. Yep. So I think that's pretty much it for um, the community feedback. Um, I think that's it on the points that we wanted to share in regards to learning efficiently. If we missed something, what did we miss? Was, was there something that was just glaringly obviously that we missed and then we should have shared with everybody? Let us know about it. Um, anything else that we have to say to these people, Iman? Yeah, so it looks like we're finally getting into a schedule with this podcast. And every Monday night, we're going to be sending out a tweet, basically asking the community for feedback on whatever topic we're going to be covering soon. So if you want to, you know, keep out, keep an eye out for that and you have things you want to contribute every Monday night. And if it's a poll, we try to make it last to like Friday, Saturday. So just keep an eye out for that. And if you want to contribute, please do. Yep, absolutely. So that's going to be it for this episode. I hope that you learned something new about learning efficiently. Um, you can find us both on Twitter. You can find me at K-I-L-O underscore L-O-C-O. That's Kilo underscore Loco. And Iman, how about you? Yeah, I'm at Iman Harut. So E-M-A-N-H-A-R-O-U-T. All right. So that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you learned something. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And most importantly of all, we hope that you go out there and keep coding passionately.